why don't we stand together if you don't mind you just sit down get back up lady I get down and get back up again there you go we want to pray and welcome the Lord here tonight who I don't know what she's been drinking but I want y'all to have some of that okay there's one she she gave yeah all right I knew I knew Courtney was here somewhere all right <laughs> let's pray father we love you God, we thank you for the day that you blessed us with. Thank you, Lord, for a soul saved this morning. We're excited about the night that you have in front of us, Lord. We want to honor our graduates and just, just celebrate them tonight. God, it's all for your glory. and It's all for your namesake. We're here in this place. We thank you and we praise you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' strong, amazing name we pray, amen and amen. Let's worship together. All I see is a battle You see my victory When all I see is a mountain You see a mountain And as I walk through the shadows Your love surrounds me There's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I fight on my knees, with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you, and every fear I lay at your feet. The battle belongs to you, oh God, the battle belongs to you. And if you are for me, who can be against me? For Jesus there's nothing impossible for you when all I see are the ashes you see the beauty when all I see is the cross God you see the empty
God, to walk in that promise, to just lay it down at your feet, Father, and to be still in your presence and let you take care of our enemies in Jesus' holy name. We pray and we claim in Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Why would I worry when giants come calling my name? God is so much bigger than troubles I face. And why would I hunger for power or riches or fame? Oh, cause my God is so much better than all of these things. And I won't be shaken. is faithful His promise is true So I speak to the mountain Oh, it's time to move Cause my God is bigger, better, stronger, greater than you My enemies scatter Cause they know the battle is done My God is stronger The victory is already won Oh, He died for my ransom And rose up on the third day Cause my God is greater than death Hell and the grave Stronger, greater than you. 
no mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God that's impossible. There's no mountain too high, no valley too low. There's no fear that I have. He doesn't already know. There's no problem too big. There's no weapon too strong. There is nothing for God that's impossible. So I won't be shaken. on this platform, Lord, and we just want to magnify and glorify your name because of it, Lord. Father, when we speak the name of Jesus, God, our enemies fall at our feet. When we speak the name of Jesus, God, you take control of all of our circumstances around us, God. Father, we, de we declare that tonight, God. We just declare your name over every situation, Lord every situation in this house and represented by those that are in this house, Father, are covered in the name of Jesus. Yes. I speak the name of Jesus over you. In your hurting, in your sorrow, I will ask my God to move. I speak the name, cause it's all that I can do. In desperation, I seek heaven, and I'll pray this for you. I pray for your healing. Circumstances would change. 
name above all names. I am your salvation. I am your strength. I am your love. I am your healing. I am your ever-present. I am the ever-present company in your life. I am with you wherever you go. No matter how far apart you may think I am, uh, you are from me, I am always there. All you must do is turn around and I am with you. Yes. Know that my strength accompanies you. 
Know that my harp weeps for you whenever you're in bondage. Yes. Know that my strength, though, is there for you to carry you out. Know that my love for you is there to lift you up. Know that I will never leave you nor forsake you. Though there may be wars and rumors of wars, there may be pestilence, though there may be disease that strikes throughout the land. My strength is all you need. Amen. Look up to the heavens. Look to me. Put your faith in nothing else but my mighty and strong name. For my son came and died for you. He bled for you. The biggest sacrifice that could ever happen was done for you. That's how much I love you. Just stay in my strength. Focus on nothing but me. And let the cares of this world just fade away. Amen. And be in my presence forevermore. Praise you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, Thank holy, you, holy. Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just give him praise. Come on. Just from your own hearts and in your own words. Let's just blend our voices and bless his name. Come on, let's just honor our God around this room. Father, we bless you. Lord, we're here to honor you. Lord, we're here to exalt you. We believe you are the great I am. We believe, Lord God, that, that you're the God who knows our rising up and our lying back down. You're the one who knows our going out from our coming back in. God, you know the numbers of the hairs upon our, our head. Every thought and every intent of our heart, God, there's nothing hidden from you. You know the motivation, Lord. You know the intent. God, you are God. And we're not. All for your praise. All for your glory. All for your namesake, Lord. All for you, Father. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we bless you. God, we praise you. God, we honor you. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Redeemer and Savior. Thank you, Lord. You are an all-knowing God. You are an all-knowing God. Blessed be your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad He knows you from the inside to the outside tonight? He knows your name. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise and thanks tonight. Greet someone nearby. Let them know how glad you are to see them in the house of the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And we serve a great God tonight. I want to say a, a huge, huge thank you. Uh, to all of you for being here. Thank you for being here for this uh, graduation celebration night. Uh, we want to honor all of our graduates. And, uh, but, but don't think that you're going to get out not being preached to yourselves tonight. And so uh, the, the word is a word for all of us every time always. And so uh, it, it applies to everybody in this room together tonight. And so uh, we're, we're going to get to the word here in just a moment. But before we do anything else... Uh, Brother Ethan has, has uh, received uh, some pictures from the, the graduates' families and uh, put together a slideshow to kind of honor and celebrate them. And so uh, l let's laugh together. And, and uh, if you have to, go ahead and cry together. That's fine too. And uh, I'm sure there's some, some 
great pictures. And so uh, let's, let's enjoy the slideshow together and let's honor our graduates through that tonight.
Amen. We're proud of all of them. Can we give them another hand clap, please? Amen. Here in just a few moments, we're going to go back and uh, we've got some, uh, some graduation gifts from the church to all of our graduates. And so uh, we want to invite you to come back uh, as soon as the Lord's done with us here in this sanctuary to go back and to honor them and uh, just to, to brag on them. There's lots of cake and uh, cupcakes and punch and stuff like that. And so we want you to come back and, and hang out with us for a little bit uh, because if you don't, um, I'm going to have to eat all that cake by myself. And, and honestly, I don't need the sugar rush tonight. I'd like to go to sleep at some point uh, this evening. And so anyway, we want you to come back and hang out with us. Uh, I've got some things I want to share. Uh, yes, it's graduation night. And as I said before, it's, it's really uh, directed towards our graduates. Uh, but I've got to tell you, it's directed for all of us uh, that are here tonight. And so uh, let, me, let me jump in the middle of this. But before I do anything else, we're going to worship the Lord one more time. Would you join me tonight in giving God thanks and praise? Uh, Lord, we love you. God, we just want to thank you again just for the opportunity, the blessing of being called sons and daughters. Thank you that we can gather here tonight, Lord God, and uh, we, we can come into your presence and, and just celebrate you. And, and Lord, celebrate the accomplishment of all these graduates. We're, we're so thankful for them, Lord, and we're thankful for you and who you are. We love you tonight, God, and we praise you. We praise you and praise you alone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. I, I, I thank God he is a faithful and true God tonight. Amen. He's working. He's on time. He's never early. He's never late. He's an always on time God. Uh, and, and I thank him. I praise him for that. I'd like to begin tonight by, by just saying how proud I personally am uh, of all these graduates. Some of them, uh, especially some of our college graduates, I haven't had the opportunity for knowing them as long as I have uh, some of the high school graduates, uh, but I'm telling you what, they've made an impact in all of our lives and, and we're very proud of them. Personally, I'm, I'm very proud of them. It took a lot of hard work and dedication for them to get to the place that they're at. Uh, it took a lot of spankings from moms and dads and uh, grandpas and grandmas to, to get them on the right track, Ethan Lambay, uh, to, to get you to do your homework and get you <laughs> to get you to do the things you're supposed to do. Thank God for moms and dads. I, you know, we, we celebrate the graduates, but, but quite honestly, none of them would have obtained the place that they're at had moms and dads not been there along the, the path with them, right? I think it's okay to give mom and dad a hand clap too. Amen. Somebody I was talking to the other day, it may have been Chasen, he was talking about uh, he didn't realize or they didn't realize they were going to have to do high school more than one time. Uh, you think you just go through high school once, but then you get to go through high school again when your kid's going through it, when you're helping them with homework. And you know the reason for that is because when we're actually in high school, we're, we just don't comprehend or understand it. So when we're old, then we get to go through it again. <laughs> and prayerfully, we get it the second go around. Thank the Lord. I spent a lot of time praying over this, this thought, this message tonight that the Lord would allow me to, uh, to bring before these graduates. I spent a lot of time in preparation in any message that the Lord would allow me to preach to this body of believers. But, but I've been thinking about and I've been praying about tonight for quite a while. And In fact, I've had this passage of scripture. It jumped out to me uh, a couple of months ago. And I've, I put it, I've written it in my notes. I had it written in my phone. I've read this passage of scripture inside and out and front and back and up and down and, and just trying to let it marinate in my spirit and in my heart and what the Lord would have me to, to speak 
speak. And, and so as I began to study and pray about this, this celebration, the Lord brought me back to this particular passage of Scripture there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And, and, and that's where we're going to be going tonight here in just a few moments. But if you were to do a quick overview of the book of 1 Thessalonians, what, what you'll find is that it's Paul writing a letter to the church at Thessalonica. They were early, young Christians. They were uh, just starting their journey with the Lord. And, and the overview of the, the book of 1 Thessalonians is just the, the, the love and the concern that Paul had for those early believers, for that church there. Paul wanted to, uh, to make sure that they were successful in serving the Lord. He had invested in them. He had, he had watched them grow. He had spent time in, in pouring into them and, and probably preaching the Word to them. And so he wanted to make sure that whatever they set their hearts to do, they were going to be successful in that next step, that next journey in their lives. And in 1 Thessalonians, he begins to give them what I like to call a handful of reminders. What, what the Holy Spirit placed in my heart for, for the thought for these graduates, and yes, for everybody in this room tonight, I think we all could use a, a good handful of reminders to pull out from time to time. And so I want to focus just a little bit tonight and I want to talk to you about this handful of reminders. If you got your Bibles and you want to flip over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 12. Paul starts to, to tell them some things that they needed to know. And in verse 12 he says, We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love. For their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursues what is good, both for yourself and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And now make the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For He who calls you is faithful who will also do it, who will also perform it. Let's pray. Father... Thank you tonight for your word. Thank you, God, for, for the blessed opportunity to gather and to honor these graduates. And, and God, for every set of ears in this room. Lord, I pray tonight that you'd have your way. Encourage us. God, let us tuck these reminders away in a place that when we need them the most, God, we're reminded of it because you, Holy Spirit, gave us the reminder to begin with. Lord, leave nothing out that you want to accomplish. And may you be the one who receives all the praise. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people agreed and said... Amen. Come on and give him one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind. As I read, read and, and prayed about this scripture and as I read and prayed about this, this particular service, yes, I saw the, the love and the concern that Paul had for the church there at Thessalonica. Uh, it, it's without question his concern and his exhortation, his advice were, were reminders to these uh, people in that, in that particular community. Uh, he wanted to pour into them and say, listen, these are some things you really need to know. These are some things you really need to hold on to. And as you grow and as you mature as a Christian, you need to remember these things and hold on to them throughout your, your entire walk with the Lord. 
Yes, I saw the, the handful of reminders that Paul gave to the church at Thessalonica, but I want you to also hear your pastor tonight. I also saw the reminders that mom and dad give to that kid when they drop them off at college. Have you ever been that kid that got dropped off at college? Or maybe you're that kid who drove out of the driveway for the very last time and before you drove off for the last time, mom and dad looked at you in the eye and they said, Hey, don't forget, remember when, when you get in a bind, when you get in trouble, always make sure you've got clean underwear on. I'll never forget when I drove out of the driveway to head to college for the very first time by myself. I hit that, uh, that pickup truck and my mom would come over and lean in. My mama come over and leaned in the window of that truck and tears were running down her face. And she said, son, there's a $20 bill in the, in the ashtray. If you get in a bind, you don't forget it. You take that and you put it in the back side of your wallet so some little girl don't find it. <laughs> to this day, I take some money and I hide it in the back side of my wallet so some little girl don't find it. And it's not just for the college, or it's not just for the high school people, but, but also it's good advice from, for, the, for the college graduates as well. That professor, that mentor, they, they speak into that graduate. They speak into that person just to encourage them. We need to hold on to these things. They're, they're meant to keep us out of trouble. They're meant to help us to be better people. We still need to hold on to the advice that we received from our mom and dad even years ago. And, and I want you to know we need the advice from the Word of God in our lives and in operation, uh, whether it be tonight or whether it be years down the road. These simple reminders can help us stay out of trouble. And they can help us be the people that God's called us to be and to accomplish the thing that God has called us to do. Uh, and listen, I, I said it before, I'll say it again. It doesn't matter if you're one of these graduates that are sitting in the congregation tonight or if, if graduation is a long ways back in your rearview mirror. The truth of the matter is, it's good to have a handful of reminders in your life even uh, at an advanced year. Come on, even if you've been graduated a long time ago, it's good to have some reminders to hold on to, right? And so real quickly tonight, I want to I give you this handful of reminders that I believe Paul gave to the church at Thessalonica because I believe they would help you and I. So what is in Paul's handful of reminders? Well, the very first thing is this. We need to have some respect for our leaders. Look at verses 12 and 13 in your word. Verse 12 says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. How many understand tonight that those people who are in leadership over us deserve our respect? Boy, there needed to be a great big thunderous amen right there, folks. Uh, that the people who do the work of the Lord and are in leadership over us deserve our respect. Can you say amen? The truth is not everybody who's in leadership today got there the way the people in Washington, D.C. did. Most people in leadership got there because of a lot of hard work and dedication. The people that are in leadership over us have paid their dues. They, they didn't just show up one day and they automatically said, oh, by the way, here's your office. You, you deserve this. It's owed to you. No, people put in their time. They put in their labor. They put in their effort to, to reach the position they're in. It, it's just they get there uh, through years of hard work and dedication. 
And if for no other reason, because a person is advanced in years, we should show respect to our elders. We should show respect to somebody uh, because of that little silver tin that's in their hair, right? In fact, the word of the Lord says that gray hair is a crown of splendor and it's attained in the way of righteousness. Listen, you, you need to understand something, young folks. Whether you're a high school graduate or a college graduate or whatever layer you may be in your life, there's always somebody a little bit older than you. Brother McGahan turned 86 years young today. 86 years young. But guess what? Brother Black's got him beat by a little bit. As long as the Lord should tarry, there's always going to be somebody a little bit older than us. And we need to show those people who have advancement in years, the the people who are spiritual leaders in our life, just by proxy of being alive longer than you, they're smarter than you are. Now, I know we think, well, I graduated and I've got all this this education and I'm smarter than ever. Listen, just by being alive and surviving the world, do you know most leaders probably have underwear that's older than you are? And just by way of being alive, the, the fact of the matter is that they're, they've got a whole lot more exposure to life. And there's a lot you can learn from them if you'll simply show them a little bit of respect. Let me remind you tonight, look for ways to cooperate with your leaders. Hold back your next critical comment. Be grateful for their efforts in your life. Tell them thank you from time to time and be respectful to the leaders in your life. Another thing that Paul was giving away in his handful of reminders was this. He said we need to to live in peace as well. Look at verses 13 through 15. Verse 13, he says, Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, and uphold the weak. Be patient with all. Come on, how many think we need to have a little bit more patience in our lives tonight? I think you'd all agree with your pastor tonight when I say that there's a bunch of chaos and calamity going on in the world today, right? There's always some turmoil. There's always some problem. There's always some confusion. There's there's always some issue that's going on in the world. Uh, we're, We're a whole lot better off if we avoid drama. Boy, that'd preach out the back door if y'all would let me. We're a whole lot better off in our life if we'd be drama-free instead of jumping off in the middle of the drama when it comes our way. I believe, church family, that it's possible to live peaceably or Paul wouldn't have told us that. In other words, don't be a part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. Don't keep stuff continually stirred up. Don't be a part of always causing more problems. Be a person who's there to solve the problems. (laughs) Listen, you're going to encounter people throughout your life, young people. You're going to encounter people, college graduates, that that have a different worldview than what you do. We're we're going to continually be encountering people uh, who don't see things from your perspective, who don't think the same way that you do, who don't talk the same way that you do, but it doesn't mean that you have to be in opposition against them. It doesn't mean that they're your enemy. I've told my wife and I tell my girls on a continual basis, and that simple saying is this, you get a whole lot more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. If we can live at peace with the people in our lives, then I'm promising you this, your life is going to be better, and the people around you, life's going to be better. And you might just have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus and the difference He's made in your life. 
Matthew chapter 5 verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Listen, I want to be known as a child of God. I want to be a peacemaker before Him tonight. How about you? Let me remind you tonight, as much as it depends upon you, be a peacemaker. Don't keep things stirred up, but find a way to make peace in the relationships all around you. What was in the handful of reminders that Paul gave? Uh, He said, uh, respect your leaders, live in peace. And another thing he said was, be joyful all the time. Look at verse 16. Verse 16, and the Word says... Rejoice every once in a while. Rejoice just when the people are saying amen. Rejoice just when they're responding to the preaching. Rejoice just when you get to play uh, in your senior night of baseball. (laughs) Rejoice just when they don't hit you in the ankle with the baseball. Rejoice just in the good times. No, he said rejoice always. Man, we can always be joyful. How many believe that? Without question, there's a lot of discouragement in the old world today. How many many understand that right now? Uh, There's so many things that are going on right now in our world, in our society, that if we allow them to, they would suck the joy out of your life continually. I believe what Paul was telling these people at Thessalonica was this. Even in the midst of the turmoil, God is still God. God is still good. Go ahead and laugh. It's okay to belly laugh every once in a while. Do you know there's a lot of funny stuff that goes on in the world? I told you this morning, if you don't think God's got a great sense of humor, look around the room occasionally. If you don't think God's got a good sense of humor, hang out with Tommy Tucker sometime. Go ahead and laugh. Yes, I know the world is filled with depressing, discouraging things, but how many know uh, that if it's filled with joy, that it can be changed, it can be transformed, a difference can be made. And that joy has got to begin someplace, and it might as well begin in you, my friend. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, that a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Man, I want to have the medicine of laughter alive in my life. I think it's okay to laugh. I think it's okay to be silly. I think it's okay to uh, smile. You know, it takes a whole lot more muscles in your face to frown than it does to smile. Go ahead and take a break every once in a while and put a smile on your face instead of that snarl. Let me remind you of this tonight. Go ahead and laugh. Find something to laugh about because there's a lot of stuff to laugh about. Go ahead and smile and make everybody around you wonder what's going on with you. Man, they're up to something. Look at that smile on their face. Go ahead and be filled with joy. It will bring you strength that only comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Go ahead and rejoice at all times. What was in Paul's handful of reminders? He said, Be joyful at all times. He also said, pray and be thankful. Look at verses 17 and 18. Verse 17, the word of the Lord says this, Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks. Pray about it and be thankful for it. 
Uh, if there's one thing that, that makes the biggest difference in a person's life, I believe it's prayer. Pray ta prayer takes a situation out of your hands and it puts it in the hands of God. God, I'm trusting you. This is my prayer that I'm lifting up before you. God, I lay it before your feet, and I'm going to trust you to take care of this situation. Prayer changes you. Prayer changes the situation. Prayer is the muscle that moves the hand of Almighty God. Before you gripe about it, before you complain about it, friend, I tell you, you need to pray about it to, to the Lord. I, I believe the, the Bible teaches us that we have not because we ask not. Uh, Jesus makes it very plain in the book of Matthew chapter 21 verse 22 that whatsoever things we ask in prayer, believing, we can receive it. If you'll pray about it, it can come to pass. If you pray about it... <laughs> truth tonight, church, is this. There's going to be times in your life when you feel like you're going through something that nobody else understands. John, there's going to be times you're like, nobody gets it. I, I would imagine your sister who's been in college for the last 16 years would tell you. And it's not been quite 16, just 14, right? Yeah, something like that. It feels like 14 in my preaching right, sister. I would imagine your sister sitting beside of you would tell you that as she's gone through her college time in her life, yeah. that there's been times when she felt like, man, nobody gets it. I can't talk to mom and dad about this. I don't have a friend that, that really would understand that I can open up and talk to about this. And, and, and here's the thing, my sister Katie, you've asked... Jesus into your heart and he walks with you every day. I have no question, no doubt about that. But you've also entered into a marriage covenant relationship as well. <laughs> Just because you're out of college doesn't mean the times when you feel like nobody gets it is over. We all go through that regardless of what age or what status we're in in life. We all go through those moments where we feel like, man, nobody understands me. Can I tell you tonight, church, when you're going through that time, remember to pray about it. Talk to God about it because He's a friend who understands you inside and outside. He's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's there strong on your behalf. Let me remind you tonight. Let me put this reminder in your pocket tonight. God is always with you. Talk to Him. Make a list of all of His blessings. Make a list of all the answered prayers. Uh, have a secret conversation with Him. And then go back and tell Him thank you for all of it. The answered prayers and the unanswered prayers. Remember, He is God and He sees things from a whole different perspective than what you do. God has a God's eye view of it. And some of the greatest things that ever happened in your life that you need to be the most grateful for are the things that God said no to in your life. Pray and be thankful. What was in Paul's handful of reminders? Not only to be prayerful and thankful, not only to be joyful at all times, not only to, uh, to live in peace and not only to, to respect your leaders, but he also said, be open to the Holy Spirit of God, but put it to the test. Look at verse 19 and through 21. Verse 19 says, Do not quench the Spirit. 
Do not despise prophecies, but test all things and hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. I believe Paul would remind the church at Thessalonica tonight, and I believe he would remind our graduates and he would remind every born-again believer in this room. And We need to be open to or cooperate with the Holy Spirit in operation in our lives. Your pastor would say it like this, be spirit-filled and be spirit-led. Anybody ever heard your pastor say that before? Be spirit-filled, be spirit-led. In other words, cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit move in your life and lead you and guide you and direct you. Uh, in the life that's before us right now today, friend, I submit we need the Holy Spirit more than we've ever needed the Holy Spirit before. We need discernment of spirit. We need direction of spirit. We need the, the, the Holy Spirit to, to speak for us and to, to give us wisdom and revelation knowledge that we don't have. Young people, you need the Holy Spirit in operation in your life tonight. But it's not just us young people. It's everybody. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit more than we've ever been open to the Holy Spirit before. But also Paul reminds us to, to not only allow the Holy Spirit to be involved in our life. He says don't despise prophecies, don't quench the Spirit. But he says that you need to put it to the test as well. In 1 John chapter 4 verse 1 the Bible says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit, whether they're of God or not, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The truth is, friend, just because somebody claims to be the oracle of God, don't make it right. Make sure that what they're saying lines up in agreement with the Word of God. Let me get okified on you for just a minute. Eat the hay, spit out the stubble. In other words, if it lines up with the Word of God, take it in, receive it, dwell on it, grow from it, receive the Word of God and be nourished by it. But if it's not in agreement with the Bible, eat the hay and spit that stubble out of your mouth. We need to put a test upon the spirits that come our direction. The truth is because, again, somebody claims to be speaking for God doesn't necessarily make it true. We need to make sure that what they're saying lines up with the Word of God and doesn't have some hidden agenda to go along beside of it. Let me remind you. Let me put this reminder in your pocket tonight. Be open to the Holy Spirit's prompting in your life. Be spirit-filled. Be spirit-led. Don't despise prophecies, but eat the hay and... And spit out the stubble, my friend. So what's in Paul's handful of reminders? Be open to the Spirit, but test them. And one more thing I, I believe was in Paul's handful of reminders was this. Has anybody ever seen that note on the refrigerator? Be good. Be good. Look at verse 22. Verse 22 says, Abstain... From every form of evil. Let me break that down for you. Be good. Yes, I know Paul says, abstain from every form of evil. But in reality, as I read those words, I hear my mama's voice saying, Son, be good. Maybe y'all didn't have a mama like I did. Yes, mother. Here's the truth you need to hear. 
we as Christians cannot avoid every kind of evil. We live in a sin-filled society. We live in a sin-filled world. We cannot avoid evil. You can drive down I-35 on the way back to uh, Muskogee, Oklahoma tonight, Katie, and see a billboard that's filled with profanity. See a billboard that's filled with, with scantily clad people, scantily dressed people. Uh, you can turn on the computer. You can uh, open up the internet and get on websites that you really wished you hadn't have been on. You can turn on the television set and things come through the, the local channels today that are abomination before Almighty God. We cannot avoid evil in the world because we live in a sin-filled world. But we can abstain from that evil. We can't avoid it, but we can't abstain from it. That means we don't participate in it. We don't get a, to be a part of it. That means we don't have to be a part of the smut that's going on in the world. Hear your pastor tonight. You can control your mouth. Hear your pastor tonight. You can control your body. My wife is a third grade school teacher and one of the things she instills in her students from the time she taught first grade until the time she's taught third grade and I believe she probably whoops it on the head of them stars on Wednesday nights from time to time and that's this, everybody has a measure of self-control. Everybody has a measure of self-control. In fact, the book of Galatians teaches us that one of the precious fruits of the Spirit is self-control. How I many know that as believers, self-control should be uh, something easy for us to come by? It should be an operation in our life on a continual basis. We can control our mouth. We can control our body. We can control our temper. Well, the devil made me do it. No, you allowed the devil to make you do it. No, we'll never be good enough in our own power. No, we'll never have all the right words to say. No, we'll never get far enough away from evil that we're not exposed to it. But friend, we can get far enough away from it that we don't have to act on it. The book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27 says, Don't give the devil a foothold. Because if you let him in, it's not going to be long until he's the ruler of your life. Well, the, the devil made me do it. No, friend, don't let him in. Don't let him close. Uh, be good. Let me remind you tonight. Let me put a reminder in your pocket tonight. Be good. Use the fruit of self-control. Control your mouth, your body, your mind, your spirit. Don't open the door to the devil. Don't let him even get a toe in the, the door of your life. So what's one more thing? Somebody said, Pastor, you've got seven points on this. Yeah, but I only had four pages of notes. So, Always depend on God. Verse 23 through 24. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. He who calls you is faithful, who will also accomplish it. He's going to do it. Come on. He can do it. Always depend on God. Wow. 
Paul was reminding them to sanctify their whole spirit, their soul, and their body. Friend, that's every part of who they were. In other words, you, you need to be cleansed. You need to be purified. Sanctification is the process of God's grace by which a believer is separated from sin and becomes dedicated to God's riches and His righteousness. Paul says, in spirit, in soul, and in body. And church, the absolute truth is there's no way that any of us could ever accomplish sanctification in our own power. There's no way you'll ever be good enough. There's no way you'll ever be clean enough. There's no way you'll ever put enough money in the offering plate. There's no way you'll ever preach enough sermons. There's no way you'll ever teach enough Sunday school classes. There's no way you'll ever play enough music on a platform. There's no way you'll ever be good enough to receive the sanctification process in your life. And man, if I've got to depend on God for sanctification... If I must depend upon my God to clean me, to cleanse me, to purify me, to sanctify me, then how much more should I depend on my God to help me to know the direction for my life? How much more should I depend upon my God in what career path that I'm going to choose? Macy, I understand you're going to be a school teacher. Would you please have a conversation with Sister Vonda before you... You've got two years to get your basics out of the way, but before you make that plunge, she's tried to be the voice of the Holy Spirit to me more than once. Just listen to her a little bit, okay? I'm just... School students can kill you, but they can't eat you, so you'll be fine. <laughs> The things you had to look forward to. And the man that God brings into your life to be your husband one day, he'll, he'll get to smell the Crayola smell when you walk in the door every night. And all the cooties and all the boogers and all the germs that you pick up off those kids all day long, you'll get to take them home to him every night. And as you sit down to great endless stacks of papers, uh, you get to complain about him, about that little boy in your class that you really wish that you could take outside and beat half to death. Okay, stop. Okay. I was talking to Macy. Y'all leave me alone. You know, when that time comes and you're in that class and you're teaching those kids, Macy, you're going to do outstanding whatever you do, girl. I have no doubt about it. You're going to rock it. You're going to do great. But when you're in that moment, you remember Pastor Gary said, I need to depend on God today. Because there will be those times when you feel like you're all alone in the world. You, you'll feel like, man, there's just no way that I can make it. I, I sure don't want to go teach that class today. I sure don't want to go preach to them people today, Lord. They haven't amen to me in weeks. The Lord says, depend on me. One of my most favorite scriptures is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't try to figure it out in your own noodle. Don't try to figure it out in your own capacity, in your own faculties. Don't, don't try to figure it out in your own understanding, but, but lean on the Lord. Don't, don't trust your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge that it was Him, and He'll just keep on directing your path. 
when you don't know what to say to that classroom of kids, when you, when you don't know when, when, when you're that youth pastor one day and you're doing what God's called you to do, what, when you're preaching that sermon and, or you're, you're teaching that, that kid speech pathology or, or whatever that calling may be that, that he's called you to do as an adult friend, you can remember, I can depend on God and he'll always be there with me. I'm not going to depend on myself. Oh, yes, I thank you, Lord, for the education I received, and I need that. But, God, you're the launching pad for that education that I've got. Let me give you a reminder tonight to put in your pocket, to tuck away, to hold on to. Live your life totally dependent upon God. In your spirit, in your soul, in your body, in every part of your being. Don't try to do things in your own power. Don't try to figure it out by yourself. But always depend upon God. If you depend upon yourself, you'll fail. But if you'll depend upon God, you will succeed. That's the bottom line, friend. The overview of the book of 1 Thessalonians was Paul's concern. He loved them people. He'd invested in them people. He cared about them. They were were his prayer partner. He prayed for them every day. His concern was for that church. His concern was for those people. And he wanted to give them some tools. He wanted to put some reminders in their pockets. And when they encountered a situation or a circumstance that they'd never been through before, they could go, what Paul? Oh, I remember. I remember he, I remember what, The Holy Spirit told him to say, I'm not Paul. I'm Gary. And I love you. Every graduate, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl in this room tonight, I'm thankful that God called me to be your pastor. And if I can put just a little bit of tools in your hands, just a few reminders, when you hit that point in your life that that you need an answer that you don't know where to come by. Turn back to those reminders in 1 Thessalonians. I want to read this one more time. Julie, would you go ahead and come? Bring Dennis. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 12. We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord, those who admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. We exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with everybody. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the Spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. And now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, that your whole spirit, soul, and body may be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who calls you is faithful, and he will also do it. Would you all stand with me tonight, please, around this room? I know some of you are not the extrovert that 
some of the rest of us are. In other words, some of you are pretty, pretty shy. Man, I get that. We all, we all have different personalities. Nothing wrong with that. It takes, it takes all types to make up the world. There's something special about having somebody lay hands on you and pray for you. I'd like to ask all of the graduates that are in the room tonight, if you would come and, and just stand across the front uh, of the, the sanctuary just for a second. It's okay. They're, they're not going to eat you. I promise I'll make them be nice. Such a pretty young lady. You have nothing to be bashful about. You are in a room full of people who love you. You don't have anything to be bashful about either. Would you guys turn around and face the congregation, please? We had several that weren't able to be here tonight, and, and we understand, you know, we get that. These people are here. They're, they're stepping into a new, a new phase in their life. Graduation is a launching pad. Some of them are continuing their education. Some of them are, are, have never stopped their education. <laughs> professional. Professional. It's, it's all good. But they need us, guys. I tried to give them some tools in their pocket. I tried to give them some reminders when they hit that bump in the road that'll, that'll help them. But they need a church family that loves them as well. We're going to go back and have some cake and punch here in a few moments and, and present them with some things from the church. But, but I believe it's critical, I believe it's important that we would pray over them. And so I'd ask as many who would to come and to gather around uh, these graduates tonight. Maybe there's some family here and you say, yes, I want to come pray with my kid. Please do that. Would you guys come on right now and just move out of where you're at and, and gather around these graduates and, and find someone to pray over. Find someone to pray with tonight. Yes, Brother Gerald, where are you? would you stand in for Ethan? Thank you. Brother Ethan's in Arizona. Uh, he's watching us online, but we love you, Ethan. Yes, we love your hairdo. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you so very much. God, we thank you. God, how we thank you. God, how we praise you. Every set of ears, God, every life. God, in these young men and these young ladies, Lord, I speak encouragement over them tonight. God, I speak the building up over them tonight. Lord, the work that you've done in their lives is incredible. The point that you brought them to, Lord, is <laughs> it's amazing. Lord, how you continue to bless and how you continue to work and God, how you continue to move. Lord, we're grateful for you. We're thankful for you, Lord. We're so honored, Lord, that you would give us your word to lead us and to guide us and to direct us. And God, I look to you and I won't be overwhelmed. Give me visions to see things like you do. God, I look to you 
You're where my help comes from. Give me visions. You know just what to do. lives that have been represented here tonight the accomplishments that they've they've achieved Lord I believe it's your hand that's been with them to help them receive and achieve this place Lord I pray tonight that as we go back and, and receive fellowship one with another that you bless the food that we're going to share together but, but Lord you also continue to bless our time that we spend together our, our fellowship as well Lord, we ask you right now for every life and family represented. God, may they all bring glory and honor unto your name. God, may you be the one who receives the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. The food's been blessed. Don't wait on me. Go ahead. I think Sister Vonda's gone back to start. <laughs>